Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. A reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With his breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand to the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. This is the word of God for the people of God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, as we gather this morning to hear your word read and proclaimed, I humbly pray that you would speak so clearly to us that we would know of your presence, that you would speak so clearly to us that we would know who you would have us be. That you would speak so clearly to us that we would leave this place transformed into not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. From about the late 1960s until 1998, Northern Ireland was embroiled in a sectarian conflict. You had the Protestant and Catholic partisans on both sides warring back and forth with each other for who was right and for past wrongs and for history long nurtured. But starting about 1972 through the end of this period called the Troubles, Every year at Christmas time, both sides would declare a 72-hour truce, a time of peace. It was in, in conflict of what they were doing, but it was in homage to the fact that Christ came to bring peace to the world. And while they wanted peace in their country, in their region, they couldn't quite put it all together. They knew that they could at least agree to have peace 
right at Christmas. You see, the birth of Christ brings peace to the world. It's what Isaiah was writing about, this idea of a peace that would change and revolutionize the way we, re we react and interact with each other. It was a transformative peace, the kind of peace where the calf and the lion and the yearling would all lie down together. Last week when we gathered here for worship, we lit the first candle in the wreath, a candle of hope, reminding us that this is a place of hope. Today that light got a little brighter, did it not? Not only has it cast the darkness, but it's illuminated the room to realize that with the coming of Christ, that we are a beacon of healing, a beacon of comfort, a beacon of peace. All that Christ brings to us can be found in this place. Our human condition is when we really analyze ourselves, look at ourselves in the mirror, that we are a broken and a wounded people. And maybe, just maybe, as we think about our lives, that we are tired of the struggle. We are tired of that. I think the world is tired of the conflict. Conflict within and conflict without. I believe that the world is seeking that healing, that comfort, that peace that comes with the birth of the Christ child. And I think that we can be a place right here where it starts. Not about you, but, you know, I look forward to Christmas every year. Now, I look forward to it, but it does not start for me until after Thanksgiving. So I avoid the radio station that starts playing Christmas music 24-7 on October 1. Some of you love that. I think it's great. You listen to it all you want. I don't have to. But what I love when I listen to it finally is that there's all these great Christmas songs, except for one. Now, I don't know about you. But there's a song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, I know some people love it. If you want to know my ATM password, if you want me to cook dinner and clean your house for an entire year, lock me in a room and make me listen to that song for 24 hours. I'll do anything to not have to listen to that song. Now, it's got nothing to do with the words. It's got everything to do with sort of the amalgamation of the tune. It just, well... As you can tell, it's not my favorite song. But think about the words of that song. I mean, it's the most wonderful time of the year. There's bells that are playing. There's parties. There's carols that are being sung. There's choirs that are singing. There's hearts that are glowing. I mean, is it not wonderful, right? I mean, look around here. You are all here. You're dressed in your finest. The place is decorated beautifully. All the world, we're all happier. We walk with the spring in our step. Unless... All that cheer is too much for you. You know, there's some of us that all the cheer that gets lifted at Christmas is too much because they realize that at this time of year, it is really tough to be around that much cheer. Life has not turned out the way they wanted it to. It's been a rough year for them. Time has been tough. Those people want to sing more of Elvis's Blue Christmas, and that struggle is right there. I mean, it's the most wonderful time of the year, or for some of us, it's the blue Christmas. See, for those of us struggling there, it's about our brokenness, how things haven't turned out, how we have broken relationships, 
how we are physically broken, how our mental state is not what we want it to be. Maybe even our relationship with God, our spiritual state, is in a level of brokenness. But see, the good news of the coming of Christ is that Christ came to bring healing to that brokenness in our world. And see, the church is the place. This is the place where we can come into it and we can come down to the altar and we can lay on the rails all of those things that are broken, our broken relationships, our poor health, our mental deficiencies, our spiritual shortcomings. We can lay that brokenness of our lives on the altar and ask for healing and that we can receive it because in this place, we recognize that Christ came into the world to bring that peace, that healing to us. So if this is the year that describes you where all of that is so heavy and you have burdens to lay at the altar, then maybe tonight's service of hope and healing is the place for you to come, to partake at the table, to lay that brokenness down and to receive the goodness of God's healing. But just as we come into this place seeking healing, there are those in our world that come here looking for comfort. Her name was Becky. She was abandoned by her mother and ended up at an orphanage. And she was really troubled by this. I mean, who could abandon their child? Troubled by this, lost and bewildered, in addition to being a teenager, trying to put all of this together to make sense of her new life. It wasn't that the home was a poor place. It was really great. The people were really caring for her, but she was lost, hesitant to engage, not trusting others. So many an afternoon after classes, after her chores, she would be found wandering the property trying to find her place. Being a city girl, she had shunned going up to the farm, but she finally walked up there one day and she walked into the barn. And she saw all the animals, but they weren't her thing. But she found herself every afternoon walking the property and ending up in the barn. And one day in the barn, she noticed that there was a calf all by itself back in a stall. And she learned more of its story and realized that the calf's mother had died. And so here was this calf without a mom there in the stall. Later that afternoon, the staff tells a story that they heard Becky back there with the calf, petting it, stroking it. And these are the words she says. You know, you and I, we're a lot alike. We've both lost our mothers. But it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because I'll take care of you. You're not alone. I'll take care of you. You're not alone. See, Becky understood that the power of Christ coming into the world is this idea that Christ knows our human condition knows our fears, knows that we need comfort in our brokenness, knows that we need the presence of God in our lives even when we feel most alone. And Christ comes to us and says those words, I'll take care of you. You're not alone. So maybe you came in here today feeling all alone, feeling abandoned, lost, and bewildered in the world. 
Well, guess what? You've come to the right place because in this place, just like there's healing, in this place there is comfort. See, in this room right now is place for you. You belong. You're not alone. Because through the ministries of this church, like Stephen Ministry or Shining Light on Mental Health, or the way that we connect people to the services that they need, that we can provide comfort in your brokenness. See, we are not alone when we're in this place. Because Christ has come into the world to heal and to comfort us, no matter our brokenness. But see, the church is also a home for peace. It's home for peace. When Isaiah writes about this idea of peace, he writes about the unlikeliest of alliances. I mean, think about it. The animals that are to eat together, not eat each other. I mean, who, how else would you imagine that a calf and a lion could be in the same space? It's because of the peace of Christ that comes, that transforms the world. See, the babe born in Bethlehem, the, the child born, transforms our lives. It brings about that peace that we're seeking in our hearts. You know, one of the interesting things about the holidays that we know, I mean, we see it all over Facebook, is that the holidays sort of dredge up undercurrents of family rumblings. Maybe there are slights or sins or disses that happened in the past and there's a feud or tension or there is an argument that's always just below the surface. Nobody remembers exactly when it got started, but it's always there, that tension. Sort of the, the Hatfields of McCoys of your family, if you will. You know, one of the great things when I worked with the Appalachian Service Project as a volunteer, for many years we would go up to different parts of West Virginia, supposedly where the Hatfield and McCoy feud started. For eight summers, I heard the origins of that feud. Do you know how many different origins I heard? Eight. So nobody really knows how it started, but they just know that the Hatfields and McCoys don't like each other until someone says, enough. So one year at Christmas, she gathered with her family. She was seven months pregnant. And as this woman tells a story, she says, there had been always this family drama. There was this tension that was always there. Nobody knew why it was there. Nobody could remember the reasons, but it was always there. And maybe that year, because I was seven months pregnant and full of hormones, I'd had enough of it. And I said, it stops this year. We're going to get to the bottom of this strife before the baby's born. Enough. And so as she tells the story, they began to break down the barriers, break down the walls, uncover the tension, and make peace. They had long forgotten why they were fighting with each other, but they found peace. You know, the world found peace with the birth of a child. And peace can be found here in this place. Peace in our hearts, peace in our homes, peace in our lives, even peace for the world. If we remember that peace came when the babe was born in the manger and God said, enough.
So I don't know here on the second Sunday of Advent, I don't know why you're here. What you came seeking this morning, what part of the gospel, the good news that you're looking for. But if you came looking for what Isaiah was writing about, in this place you'll find it. You'll find that home for healing, that home for comfort, that home for peace. Because that's who we are. That's who we are as the Easter people. That's who we are as those that follow the star to Bethlehem. That's who we are as those that are on the journey of Advent. We are a home for healing. Healing the brokenness in our lives and relationships, in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirits. We're a home for comfort to know that we are not alone in this world, that we have each other and we have God in heaven. And that we are a home for peace in our hearts, peace in our homes, and even peace in our world. Well, if you're looking for that, then you've come to the right place. And God says, welcome home. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.